Hello, Esther Deborah here, and this is Agape Love. Love is here. This is one of the many video sections of the ministry of Pastor Deborah, helping people the Lord's way. Please enjoy the video, and we look forward to you coming again. Pastor Deborah hopes you enjoy hearing about how she has learned. How to help people the Lord's way and have her many wonderful spiritual experiences throughout many, many years of helping people. Welcome again to a video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries. This is Pastor Deb. Love always and pray. Hello again. Pastor Deborah here. Wow, it's been a while since I've done some recording. I've been busy creating videos, writing scripts, and making them and uploading them. They will be coming soon in many different playlists on YouTube. But now we are going to pick up again with Isaiah 68, and we are in verse 8. Remember, we are working through Isaiah 61. And 62. It is so wonderful to have all of you. I see you out there. We're in the realm of the spirit now. Because that is where these words, which someone very important told us, they are words of spirit and words of life. And they are words that will set you spiritually free from unseen spiritual slavery oppression, bondage, and many of the feelings and all of them that go along with that. So let's begin. This is going to be part 13 of Isaiah 61 verse 8. You know Pastor Deborah, I hope, and if you don't, hi everybody. What? You have some kind of animal sitting. Yes, yes. We're in the Garden of Eden. It is a spiritual place. Even though you see me over YouTube and on the video, or you hear my voice on a podcast, we're really in the realm of the spirit, the realm of the unseen, where words live, where words create, where words are filled with Love, joy, and peace, or of hate, jealousy, and lust. We are in the realm of the unseen kingdoms. This happens to be in the realm of the kingdom of heaven. Yes, this spot we're in, called the Garden of Eden. You thought it went away? No, it has always been on planet Earth. It just got hidden. And it was protected by a cherubim. And a flaming sword. So evil, wicked things could not come into it. These were the protections of this presence. This glory and majesty that you are in now. Did you know that Pastor Deborah found the entrance many, many years ago? And it was opened unto me. And then I qualified to be a shepherd of it. Watch over it. Meet with people in it. Is sort of as one that stays out with the sheep at night. And I do. But we're going to pick up with, and we're working ourselves through Isaiah 61, as I said, and 62. 
These were the two foundational scriptures that helped Pastor Deborah, me, learn how to help people the Lord's way. It is prophetic words of a loving father's heart, his desires, and his goals for himself and all of humanity, all of the living creatures, and all of the earth itself. But you don't know that until you study and you listen carefully to his words. And I'm working us through them. In this section of verse 8, we're talking about how God was going to make an everlasting covenant with a human after he had walked out of a prison cell where the door was opened and he had been refreshed and renewed and healed and all the chains had come off and a new mind had started to set in. And he had been planted back on the earth as a tree of magnificence, excuse me, a tree of righteousness and glory for the Lord so that all could come to it and see its glory and really see him. But let's get started with a prayer. I've been using a couple of scriptures that have always helped to get us ready and in the mindset So as everybody's sitting down, you can bow your heads if you want to. You can close your eyes. You don't have to. He is listening with your, to your heart, your deep part of you. That's here now. So let's pray. This is Proverbs 25, 2 out of the King James Version. It is the glory of God. That's the creator of this garden called Eden, the creator of all things, and he holds all things together by the power of his word. Now, he didn't create the mess. That's another creation from an icky, horrible creature that started off named Lucifer and became Satan, the adversary of God. No, all this death and everything, it comes from him. Even though death was created by God. But it was created to have rules that went with it. If you kept the laws, death could not touch you. Death had no power over you. But humanity did not do that. So death has its rights to kill us. But let's pray. And we're going to pray the word. Proverbs 25, 2. Excuse me, I am looking down at the scriptures. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing. But it is the honor of kings. That's you. You are a spiritual king. You may not know it yet. And you may not understand that. But you are a spiritual king that has to learn that. And learn how to live in here, in your spiritual mind, from there. And that is your honor is to search out this matter that this God has hidden. Why? Because that's how he wants it. He wants to see if you have a seeking heart. If you're willing to dig and study, ponder and think and evaluate. 
and look up words and read and ponder some more and then go through tests of fire and trials of your faith and understanding. Mm-hmm. That's what we kings have to learn how to do. Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine, The secret things belong unto the Lord your God who is all one who is the only true and living God but those things which are revealed belong unto you to us all of humanity and even all of creation not all of the even the host of heaven the angels know all of these hidden things they're learning as well they're getting to see some of their knowledge they have in action from this heavenly creator this heavenly king this majestic creator they belong to all of us and to our children forever mm-hmm Why, Pastor Deborah, is that so? That's a good question. So that we may do them, understand them, obey them, reflect and shine out them. All these words and secrets that we learn out to everybody. Yes. So let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you for bringing this multitudes of people. For only you could draw them to yourself. You drew them through your Holy Spirit to come today, to watch, to learn, and to grow. And we ask that you open our spiritual ears and our spiritual eyes to see and hear and our spiritual minds to understand what you're going to tell us. Help to renew us. Change us into what you desire us to be. The image and likeness of you, Father God. Of you, the mighty king of the kingdom of heaven. Into the son and offspring of the living God. A royal child in the king's family of the kingdom of heaven. We thank you for your help. That through the Holy Spirit, our teacher, you will help us. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Okay, are you ready? Let's get started. We finished up in part 12, ending the teaching with some with a scripture reference called Isaiah 55.3. I'm going to read it to you again so that we can kind of see where we left off so where we can begin to go Isaiah 55 3 incline your ear and come unto me oh he's talking to all of us and you listen come let your heart and your mind come and listen to intently hear and your soul Not your spirit, but your soul part that's connected to the physical body that has a conscious mind through the five senses and your subconscious. That's the one that really needs renewing. It's your subconscious part of you. And your spirit must grow 
and mature into this grown adult, the mind of Christ himself. So he is telling us to listen and hear, and your soul shall live. It shall come back renewed to him. And even before the soul is renewed and transformed, God considers your soul dead to him. Because it doesn't think like he does. It does not operate out of or have the mind of Christ coming through it. It has not bowed its knee and submitted to the spirit yet to be its helpmate. It's still trying to run the program. Trying to be the boss. Trying to be the head. And it's supposed to be the tail. So he's saying if you'll listen... With your spiritual ears, I'm going to help your soul, and it shall live, come back alive again, be in its right order and right thinking. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, O Spirit. Okay? An everlasting, that will last forever. A covenant means agreement, a legal contract with you. Even the sure mercies of David. And that's where we left off in part 12. Now we're going to pick up and we're going to learn a little bit more what he was telling us about the sure mercies of David. David was the king of Israel who God said was a person after his own heart. David was considered both a priest unto God and a king, a politician. So when you are a leader of a nation, people, you're leading other things, you're guiding and shepherding them. You must first be a priest You must have a deep relationship with this God. You must be able to pray to him for other people. Be in a right and righteous relationship with him. Then you must be out this way. A political leader. That takes care of political, stately kingdom, administration and business. But you cannot do that unless you are a priest. Now what you'll learn in many other videos, there are two kingdoms here on planet earth. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness. Many people serve the kingdom of darkness. That's Satan's kingdom. And they are a priest unto Satan. Deep spiritual priests that have a very intimate and deep spiritual relationship with Satan and his demonic spirits and they serve him with sacrifices of people sacrifices of everything to get more power then they also have demonic spirits that help them to rule nations and people businesses and systems so they're both a priest and a king But they're serving the wrong kingdom. They're serving the wrong king. They have the wrong uh, relationship with the wrong God, so to speak. Because there is a God of this world. 
And his name is Satan, which means adversary of God. But here in Isaiah 61, verse 8, this is how you are to be in a righteous relationship with God, okay, as a priest of all creation. The God who wrote this, the God who loves you so much that he actually gave up his own son himself. He went to a cross. He died for you. You would relate that to as if you were in the war and a person says, a grenade was among my brothers and I fell on the grenade to die so they could live. Or you lay down on some barbed wire that would kill you so people could walk over your back to get a job done and free nations and people from a horrible, vicious enemy. This happens in all wars. So this young man and his father laid on a cross together for you. They fell on a grenade for you. They laid down on some barbed wire for you. So you could get to them on the other side of death. So there are some people here that have been, that are, and will serve another God, the God of this earthly, satanic world called Satan. They are high priests unto him. They have an intimate spiritual relationship with him. And they are his political kings out in the world. And we see it in all the nations, businesses, and companies, and interactions with people. So he is telling us in this scripture that I need, I'm going to use this King David and his relationship of priest and king to help you learn and grow more about what this God who wants to make an everlasting covenant with you. Now, Satan does the same thing. He makes an everlasting covenant with his priest and his kings. For some reason, in their ignorance and their darkness, they believe him. But Satan really knows the truth. He hasn't seen it yet. He's seen a lot of defeat over the thousands and thousands of years of humanity on the earth. And he kind of knows that there is something, an end to him coming. He doesn't know when. And he doesn't, he knows how, but he doesn't know when. So he's trying his hardest to build his global worldwide community, which is exactly what the king of heaven wants. He wants royal priests, all nations, and he wants them to be kings. And living out of the priest role first, in that deep relationship with God, out into the world as a political administrator, a king. So we have both of these kingdoms here doing the same thing. It's called patterns. All right. Let's go to Second Samuel 7, 8 through 11. This is the King James Version. Let's read. And I'm going to read it to you and then we'll stop and talk. Verse 8, Now therefore Samuel, who was a prophet, 
grew up as a child. His mother was named Hannah. She gave him uh, back to God when he was a small child. He was raised up in the temple under Eli. He started hearing God's voice very, very early in childhood. So don't you ever think that God cannot talk to children. Guide them and lead them. Now Satan knows this. And he talks to children. He talks through animals. He talks through teddy bears. He talks in dreams and visions. He'll even come to them in a vision. An open vision to children. To talk to them. He comes through the generations. There's people that have generational spirits. From their grandparents. That they are born with. And they think it's this heavenly father. But it's not. A lot of your prophets are that way. They are listening to another voice. They don't test the voice. They don't do the test to try the spirits. So here we have Samuel. And he was the one who had to go and find this new king of Israel after King Saul disobeyed God. Now therefore, Samuel, shall you say unto my servant, David. This is what Samuel was to say he was a priest, but he was also a prophet. He would speak for God. This says the Lord of hosts, the Lord of the armies of the kingdom of heaven. I took you, David, from the sheepfold. He was a shepherd for his father's sheep. They were not his. He stayed out all night. Out in the valleys, he protected the sheep from the wolves, the lions, the bears. If they fell off into a cliff, he'd use his rod to get them around their neck. He led them into green pastures. He stayed with the sheep. He was the guardian, the caretaker, the protector. And he learned how to do that. And this was his father's property, not his. So he learned how to care for his father's sheep when he was young which is what all kings must do you must while you are caring for somebody else's property you must develop that priest role that relationship to God the most high and you must recognize that what you have been given to care for is not yours it belongs to somebody else doesn't matter if somebody gives you money a house, uh, animals, business, it's not yours. You are a steward of it. You are a shepherd of it. It belongs to somebody else. You are to care for it, manage it, but it is not yours. That's what David learned as a king in the making. Samuel was telling David words from the father, because at this time, nobody had the indwelling Holy Spirit. The cross had not yet occurred. The Holy Spirit could come on people and stay in them for just a little while. He could speak to them from outside. He could take them on spirit trips, give them visions and dreams, but he could not permanently rest and stay on a human because they were still a defiled territory spiritually and they were not cleaned up yet so Samuel is told to go to this David and say I took you from the sheep 
from following the sheep. To be a ruler. Oh, how many of you have looked at your life and you've been given something to see that was your growing times to watch over? Maybe it was an animal. Or a little piece of a neighborhood, or a toy, or some food, or some dishes, or some chores you had to do, or your brothers and sisters—anything when you were small—and you were given a chore to do by your parents or somebody. Did you watch over it for them? Did you recognize that you were in training to be a king? That it was not your property or your thing? You were a shepherd of it. Pastor Deborah is a shepherd over the garden. It is not mine, but I watch over it. I care for it. I'm also a spiritual mother of God's children. I help them to reconnect to Him. I love them until they can be strong enough, like a new baby, right out of the womb. They need the mother's breast. They need the mother's comfort, her face, her words, her tenderness, till they can get their soul and their spirit anchored. Then they can reach out and start trusting other voices, like the father, and they can venture out beyond the mother. And it's for the soul and the spirit. Pastor Deborah was given this gift. These children are not mine. I just did it today. I spiritually adopted a young lady, and a lot of people are trying to do it, but they call it mentoring, life coaching, being a therapist, being your doctor. They're trying to get to that relationship, but they don't. Quite go all the way. Even a teacher, the first teacher of any child, is the mother. Through the eyes, through her voice, through her warm and safe arms, through stories she tells them, sleeping on her chest, being there when they cry and comfort. The mother is the first teacher. It provides the seeds of love and safety and comfort and identity, and it helps the child develop voice and feelings and emotions. They don't know the father's voice usually, and if you are raised in a family where there is no father figure or male figure, that voice and that tone and those eyes—they are distant. You have no relationship with them, so when it comes time for the spirit and the soul to make a connection to the heavenly Father, they have difficulty. They can only see God as a mother, but for a long time, Pastor Deborah has to just shepherd, watch over, care for, guide and lead, not mentor. But lead as a mother. Walk with them as they walk in their life. Hold their hand. Sometimes I have to rebuke them, have some tough love with them because their soul doesn't get it. Sometimes I have to stand between attacks and the bad things, and take the hits myself for them. Any mother would do that if she loves her children who are cannot protect themselves. <laughs> 
So what he is saying is, David, you learned how to do that. The sheep are considered a very docile animal. They cannot fight. They can't swim. They just kind of eat grass. They got a lot of wool. And they needed a shepherd. They needed a king to do their battles for them. For they would be attacked in the night by wolves or lions or bears. Or other people trying to steal them away from David's flock. So they needed a king and a shepherd over them. Watching them all the time, day and night. Helping them to find good places running water that was not too swift because they can't swim. So they could sleep peacefully at night, knowing that this king was up on the hill protecting them. So he's telling, Samuel is saying, you go tell David, my shepherd, my king, that I took you from following the sheep to be a leader over my people. Over Israel. This has many different meanings. One. He is telling the spirit of David and of you. I have taken you O spirit being. That's listening. And I have now placed you over your soul. To be a ruler over it. Okay. That's number one meaning. Number two meaning is. Most of humanity, God sees sheep. They are lost. They are in darkness. They need a leader. They need a king. They need a shepherd to help lead them where God wants them to go. And that is what he is saying to David. My people need to have a leader. Someone I've tried and tested through childhood. Someone who is a priest unto me. Who has a deep relationship unto me. Who talks to me. Follows me. Is going after what I want. You are going after my own heart. You are thinking like I do. Least he was as a child. And you have the abilities of a king, a politician, a warrior, a fighter, one who will protect and defend things, sheep, that are not yours. And you know the relationship of the sheep and me. And you know your relationship to me. And you have been found faithful in doing this and handling what we would call talents, gifts, That I have given you to watch over and protect for me. And I have gone away and left you with them. And you have proven yourself, David. That you are a good king. A righteous king. With my sheep. So he is saying, my people need to have you there in Israel. Ruling over them. Like I said, it's two meanings. Saying, I must pull you, David. The king out. Now, of your spirit. It must rule over your spirit, your soul and its two consciousnesses, and over the physical body. I'm giving you territory. This whole being is my people. And I have a people that I have chosen. Humanity. 
and they need a righteous priest and king helping them till they can develop and become. They need a teacher. They need a father and a mother. They need tutors in their lives. They need to be shown through your life what a priest is, what the king is. For a long time, he says. Verse 9. And I was with you wherever you went when you were the little guy, the shepherd out in the field with your father's sheep and have cut off all your enemies. I did battle for you and out of your sight and have made you a great name, a great reputation. Like unto the name, the reputation of the great men that are in the earth. He was, Samuel was telling King David, come now, David, I helped you develop your reputation, your greatness. I fought your battles and kept your enemies from you when you were out as a shepherd. You and I worked together. I was your king. I did the battles. I was in your arm when you threw the sling. And you killed Goliath. I was in the... I gave you the stone to throw. I gave you the wisdom how to use it. I was your mentor. I was your father and protector and your king. And I made you a great reputation. All the great ones who are now dead and in the earth. I did that, he is saying. I promoted you. I guided you into this reputation. Gave you this name among people. Remember that when you're out there in the world. Who you need helping you. To build your reputation, your identity. No matter what you do, you need him, just like David did. Verse 10. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people, Israel, and will plant them, put them, sow them. Where do you think that is? Planet Earth. Yeah. That's where we're supposed to be. But he's also saying, I'm going to put them in a certain place. Like when you plant a seed in the ground. I'm going to put Israel, my seed, in the ground on planet earth. It will grow a fruit, a tree. The tree will have seeds and pollen that will fly all over the world. And more seeds will fall into the ground. More trees will grow up. More pollen and seeds will fly all over the world. More trees will get planted. But he starts with one place, one seed that he plants. He says, I will sow them. I will put them so that they may dwell in a place of their own. They had been wanderers and travelers. They had been kicked out. They had no land of their own. From the days when they were coming out of Egypt, they had been there 400 years as slaves. They had no land of their own. They were wanderers, 
actually, and they were travelers. He says, I want to plant them now in their own place. So they cannot, and they will not move anymore, and they won't wander anymore. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them anymore. Lots of meanings right here. Remember, we're digging deep into Isaiah 61, verse 8. We're building and building on what this everlasting covenant is. He is saying the spirit must settle down now inside of the spirit, soul, and body. And the children of wickedness, the soul, the subconsciousness, will no longer afflict the spirit them anymore as it has before he's saying that deep in the spirit to us this subconscious this soul that had become the head which was supposed to be the tail of the spirit had been afflicting the spirit the spirit was a wonder where do i belong what do i do i don't know i'm just the tail like on a dog following i don't know where i'm just wandering around And he's saying, I'm going to plant you now, Spirit. David, I'm going to use you. David, I'm going to use the sure mercies I promised you to do this. I'm talking. You have been after my own heart. You have been spiritually what I want. I'm going to take that, plant that. And from that shall outgrow much that I desire. Verse 11. And as since the time that I commanded the judges to be over my people, the judges provided law, punishment. They were the rulers, but they were not kings. But the people have to be judged. You will learn. People don't want to be judged. The soul does not want anything, anyone telling it what is right, what is immoral, what is abnormal, what is wrong. If it does, it has to be a disease, a sickness, an illness, and nothing has caused it. It cannot be cured. And also at the same time, these judges were given righteous laws inside of them to judge the people. The people must be judged. And God is introducing this uh, philosophy that he was going to do in humanity, with humanity, through the judges. To be over my people, Israel, and have caused you to rest from all your enemies. A lot of people don't understand what enemies are of people. Are they the weather? Is it sickness and disease? No, sickness and disease are the results of illegal actions and thoughts being defiled. Break lawbreakers, breaking the law. 
Doesn't matter what law it is. Doesn't matter why you want to break the law. What your excuse is. If you are a law breaker. You will suffer the consequences. And you will be judged. Now the spirit is already judged dead. It's a tale. It's an ignorance and so is the subconsciousness. But behaviors must be judged. And so the judges were put in place in Israel to help them. They're a good thing. So how do you know if what you're doing is right or wrong, good or bad? Mothers judge. They do discipline. Fathers judge their children. I told you to do this and you didn't do it. Eat your food. You didn't do it. Don't talk like that. You didn't love your brothers. You didn't do that. We're all being judged. And judges are a part of our life. Even nature will judge you. When it attacks you, doesn't matter. It's judging you. You have been cruel to us. You have mistreated us. Even the climate itself says, you are not caring for me properly. And I have judged you guilty. You go back and read lots of scriptures, you'll find out the earth cursed us for spilling blood on it. The earth does not like what we do. The earth is given powers. The sky and the winds, they will respond and they will judge you. Until you mend your ways and you respect it, you treat it with love and kindness and you care for it. That was a little bit of Pastor Deborah. Wonderful words of wisdom for you. All right, back to the scriptures. He says, I've caused you to rest from your wandering spirit man and all your spiritual enemies. Also, the Lord tells you, David, that you, tells you, excuse me, that he will make you a house, a family, an everlasting covenant. You will be my family, he says. That's going to be my everlasting covenant to you. I am promising you. You have been wanderers. You've had no family spiritually. You've been the tail of your soul. You don't know who your mother is, who your father is. You don't know who your brothers are. You have no love for them. You don't even know your place on earth and with the creation and with planet earth. But I will make an everlasting covenant with you. We, God, and you, humanity, will be a family. He's beginning to say, that's going to be, that was always the plan. Now let's go to another scripture. Isaiah 54, 8. In a little wrath, I, the Lord God, hid my face, my presence from you. Just for a moment. There are times even when mothers and fathers have to turn away from their little children. Take a deep breath. Calm themselves down. Because babies will make you mad. But they're in ignorance. They don't know. 
So the parents have to be in control of themselves, get control of their feelings, emotions, their thoughts, to be the loving parent they're supposed to be. When they can't, that's when you see a lot of child abuse, a lot of neglect and rejection of the child. Because the mother or the father put themselves first. They cannot get control of themselves. So God says, I had to hide my face from you for a little while. I had to go to my room. Just to take a deep breath. Get myself under control. But with Everlasting kindness. Will I have mercy on you? He's in his little place. Okay. This this kid is driving me nuts, so to speak. He's pushing all my buttons. But I must remember. He's my child. I birthed him. Gave him life. I want them. I have to get control of myself. And with my everlasting kindness and love, I will have mercy on this little baby, on you, humanity, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Now let's go to another scripture, Matthew eleven twenty-eight, verse 28. Come unto me, all you that labor. And are heavy laden, every human who is trying to find a father, a mother, peace, love, joy, reputation. Who is unsettled about politics and leaders and climate change and the earth. And they're starving. And they're in war and they're dying. And they can't do anything. They are heavy laden with burdens of sorrow and hate and agony and fear. And he says, come, come, bring, come, come with all of that to me, he says. You're heavy laden with sorrow and grief and hate and anger. I will give you rest. Okay. That's part of those sure mercies of David, of his mercies of everlasting kindness, part of his everlasting covenant. And I want to stop right there for today because we have to go back to Jeremiah 32 to learn a little bit more about this everlasting covenant. And we will do that in part 14 of Isaiah 61 verse 8 and I will make an everlasting covenant with you alright let's pray Heavenly Father we want to stop and let these verses and scriptures and your words slowly sink in help them to hear them and review them And begin to understand your everlasting covenant that you are making. And you're showing us through David, who would become your priest and a king. And how our spirits had been wanderers, 
just like sheep. And they needed help. And how you were there to help us. Help us to learn and grow as you continue to teach and reveal to us these ancient hidden spiritual truths about you, about them, and about your everlasting covenant. In the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, we're going to close out here. And we're going to pick up in part 14. Love. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually. And hear how she has helped people spiritually, the Lord's way, for many, many years. Come again, watch another one. And we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments, and if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at agapeloveishere.org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.